In case you missed it. Previously on, am I okay? Green! Hi, Karen, how are you? <laughs> nice to see you again! I thought this may be a good opportunity to ask whether you're comfortable to share your health journey with us today. I had to think about that because maybe people don't want to hear it. It became something that I just held really close to me until it became quite heavy to carry. Let me start. In 2019, actually in October of 2019, I went overseas to run a marathon. I had plans to join another race for the next year abroad and quite excited about it. Usually the race signups don't start until spring of the next year. Come back here to the States. February of 2020, I went on vacation in a beautiful tropical island. I experienced something that seemed minor with my finger, with my pointer finger. It didn't get better the next day. So I had to go to emergency in that very beautiful tropical island. The doctor in the emergency room decided to hold me, get me tested some more because they were very concerned about that finger, which seemed to me like a minor issue. But he told me that if I don't take care of it, I might lose my finger. Oh my goodness. I never thought I could lose a body part, especially if you're on vacation in a beautiful island. So they didn't let me go. They did all these tests very invasive test actually and they finally released me the day before I was to fly back home. Wow and how many days were you in hospital for? I was in the hospital for three days. Wow. They only released me because I needed to fly back home. From one of the tests the doctor got an idea of what it could be so he ordered me to see my doctor here mm -hmm. and order some kind of autoimmune testing. So I get here, I do additional tests, and I was diagnosed with a very rare autoimmune disease. Wow. Do we have statistics for this autoimmune disease? Like how rare is it? When I was reading about it, it said it's about 50,000 diagnosed cases in the United States. Okay. Wow. That's very rare. Yeah. So I finally got the official diagnosis March 9th. Okay. Then COVID hit. We were on lockdown. And then the week after that, that's when we had the imposed quarantine. Correct. Being in quarantine, especially after my diagnosis, I needed to talk things through. I get a diagnosis and then all of a sudden you're isolated. Yeah. I was left to my own devices to deal with it, as opposed to being able to go out and then I can talk about it. Mm -hmm. All this was in my heart and on my shoulder. And at the same time too, I was worried. I never took medicine. I don't like taking medicine because mm -hmm. when you're running and you're exercising a lot, you're putting a big toll on your body and your organs. Mm -hmm. A good thing about COVID was that we reconnected, right? You're in a different continent. Yes. I'm in a different continent. The rest of our friends are in a different continent. Yes. We reconnected. We all had big worries about this virus who we didn't know was going to affect. That's right. And you would think that would have been easier to talk about whatever I was going through. But I was embarrassed to talk about that. I didn't feel it was important enough because our group of friends had to deal with COVID and had to deal with within their family. They've experienced losses in their family. Yes. And so whatever I was going through, I felt like it could go in the background. I wasn't in denial. It's not something that I was talking about because I felt like there were more important things or more urgent things that were going on among our group of friends that made you feel like they have worse things to worry about. 
than what I have to share. Yes, it's almost embarrassing to feel so worried about me when most people are dealing with heavier stuff. Or the ripple effect of the pandemic. Yes, so I just kept it aside. With this condition, I have to see a lot of doctors. And before, I was the type that would go to the doctor once a year just to go to my annual checkup, get blood tests, and usually I get a very clean bill of health and they tell me come back next year. And then all of a sudden, every month, I have to go see a specialist. I have to get blood tests, blood drawn. And when I say specialist, it's not just one or two. I have probably about six or seven specialists. Wow. It's a big change from not having to go to the doctor unless for my checkup every year. Yeah. Having all these worries with COVID floating around, I can't see my parents. I can't see anybody. And did they know? Well, I didn't tell them and until now they don't know. Until now? Until now they don't know that I have the autoimmune condition. Wow, that must be a really heavy load you're carrying around. Every now and again, I have aches and pains since I was diagnosed with it. Mm -hmm. That was 2020. The whole year of 2020 got better. I started to think, okay, I can live with this. Mm -hmm. I can deal with this. Let's do this. I got used to the routine, taking my medication, going to the doctor, seeing my specialist. Yeah. And then come end of the year 2021, I was diagnosed with cancer. Can you believe that? Wow. And it was diagnosed by accident. Wow. Because of my autoimmune disease, there are certain medications that I can't take. I've always had sinus issues and I just couldn't take a regular sinus medicine. I go to the ENT. Yeah. So he could tell me what kind of medication I will need, not the one that I can't take. And that's when he found out I have cancer. Wow. Had to go to treatment February, March of 2022. Luckily, this cancer is a very treatable cancer, not fatal. It has a very high survival survival rate. Mm -hmm. Did the treatment at the same time, going to my regular specialist. Hated it, my doctor. They were very clear when they would talk to me to let me know it's nothing I did. It's just the way my body is. What was going through your head? That I'm defective. Hated myself, hated my body for failing me. If someone were to come to me and told me about this, I'd have kind words and nice words and very supporting words for them. But it's different when it came to dealing with myself. I didn't treat myself with the same love that I would have done for someone else. I love signing up and finishing a marathon. I'm not fast, but I love the fact that I can commit to a discipline in training mm -hmm. and then crossing that finish line. I feel accomplished every time I would do that. It's an accomplishment and I feel proud of myself. The fact that there were things going on with my body that I couldn't fix. It's not something you can train for. It's not something that you can fix on your own or do something about just by eating right or just by doing the right things. Right. It's just, I feel helpless. I felt helpless. Yeah. And so I felt very defective. But you have to go through it. You don't have a choice. You're living. So I was just going through the motion. What were the conversations like in your head with yourself? That I'm a failure. I'm never going to be able to have any more accomplishments, I'm just going to be a failure because I can't do my marathon. So that's how I judged myself. My accomplishments were only based on me crossing a finish line. 
I never even considered that I had a good job, that I'm very good at what I do. I didn't even consider that I am a good friend. Mm, yeah. I'm a good daughter. None of that mattered. I didn't even see that. I couldn't even see that. That was a heavy thing. Finally finished my treatment, the second or third appointment after my last treatment. My doctor, I finally said, you know what, Karen, you're fine. I love what I see in your blood tests and your scans. I don't need to see you every three months now. Next time I'll see you will be in six months. You're fine. You're going to be fine. You're on the way there. Wow. That must have been a relief. I felt so light. I had that big smile on my face, but I still had to worry about the autoimmune. That's fine, but yeah. one less thing to worry about. Now picking up from where we left off. Two days after that appointment, as I was getting ready to start my work day, after I took a shower, as I was fixing my hair, looking at the mirror, all of a sudden my knees buckled. Whoa. I just felt really weak. All of a sudden I felt drained. Wow. My body just felt very soft and drained. Wow. And I just started crying. Wow. And I couldn't stop crying. It's like, first it was kind of like a sob escaped. And then once that first sob escaped, yeah. then the next sobs started coming on until it became those sobs where it's just that loud, ugly cry. I just started crying, ugly cry where I couldn't stop myself. And I didn't know why. That went on for maybe a good 10 minutes until there were no more tears and all that was left was just the big loud hiccups that carries on where you're still crying. You have nothing else to give in terms of crying, but the body's still reacting. Yeah. So it went on for 10 minutes and I didn't know it was. And then I just went over my day and probably Maybe after a few days, that's when I realized that the three years or the two years where I was carrying the weight of my worry with my health just came to a head, even though it was right after I got the news that I'm going to be okay. That's when it caught up. Yeah. Yeah. And then from then, that's when I had to face it psychologically. So meaning... Even though I was worried, I guess, I never thought it was that much of a heavy load on my shoulder. I knew it was heavy, yeah. but... And in your headspace, heavy load on your headspace. I guess when you deal with it, when someone comes to you and gives you the box yeah, to hold, like, hey, this is your box to hold, yeah, you would just take it because it was given to you, you don't have a choice and you just carry it every day. And I think it's also part of our culture where when life deals you something heavy, you just suck it up and get on with it. Yeah. And I think that's how it is, especially with our generation. Don't you think so? Yeah. Well, everyone's going through something. Yes. And just suck it up. Or how I see it is someone gave me the box to carry, so I was carrying it and you adjust to that. Yeah. And then while I was carrying the box, slowly weight is added to that and you just adjust to it. Yeah. 
And when that box was taken away from me, I never realized that box was heavy. That's a really good analogy. Yeah. I was carrying this box and he slowly add the weight, which I never felt. The initial handling of the box was like, whoa, I feel this. That was when I was diagnosed with the autoimmune disease. And then you slowly add weight to that. COVID, medical doctor appointments, blood drawings every four weeks. I never realized that weight is being added and then the cancer. Yeah. Then all of a sudden when that doctor told me, you're going to be fine. It's like he took away that box with all the weight that was added to it. And that's when I realized, oh my God, whatever was in that box, that was heavy. That's when I had my episode of the ugly cry. And since then, that's when I had my chance to think about what I went through, my mortality, and worry about being in pain, worry about suffering. Was it worry or was it reflection? Both. Did I treat my friends and family with enough love that I can go now and I would be okay with it? Is it okay for me to lie my head down and say, you know what, if I don't see them tomorrow, I've done everything I can to be good to them. Mm -hmm. And I think I have. So with that part, I'm not worried about it. Not that I'm perfect, but I always live my life to make sure I won't have regrets if I don't wake up tomorrow. Yeah. Well, I'm glad that you answered in that way because I think that's more reflection than worrying. Yes, that's reflection. Because if it was worrying, then there is a difference between reflection and worrying. And worrying is unhealthy, whereas reflection is a good thing to do. Yes. And I'm glad that you were reflecting more than worrying. In terms of relationships, I do not have unfinished business or I try not to have unfinished business. I think that's the reflection part. What I worry about is being a burden. Why? In what way? When you start to decline, when my health starts to decline and I will need more and more physical assistance, a burden physically to others and a financial burden. Mm. I worry about that. And then I also worry about being in pain. I'm not afraid to die. I've never been afraid to die because we're all dying. And I've said this in previous podcasts. I've accepted that. I've always been accepting of that. We're all dying. We are all dying. That's a true statement. Yeah. And at the same time, we're also living. We're all living. Yeah. There's no difference where we are right now, where I am right now, where you are right now. Yeah. There's really no difference with dying and living. It's the same thing at this moment. I'm dying and I'm living. We're all going to die and we're also living. But what I'm worried about is I don't want to be in pain. I don't want to suffer. I don't want to be a burden. And that worry about being in pain and being a burden is what is heavy on my shoulder. Mm. It would be nice if I can say I'm fine. Oh, I'm okay. I had this big revelation and I'm going to be okay now. Life ain't that. Mm. Life moves on. You still do your thing. I go out. I have fun. I hang out with my friends. You know, I go to shows. I go out to dinner. But it's not coming from my heart. I don't know how to explain that. Were you just going through the motions? Yes. I'm going through the motions. I would laugh. We would talk and, and... Yeah. Were you doing those things because you thought 
this is what's normal. This is the normal thing to do. So I'm just going to go about my days like I'm a normal person and there's nothing wrong with me. It's not about being normal. Not about trying to come across as not having to worry about anything. I just know that with anything, if you want to improve, you want to be a good student, you want to be a good worker, you want to be good at golf, anything you want to be good at, even though you don't feel like you're good at it, and you know that you're not good at it yet because you feel it, you're not doing the right thing, all you need to do is you just keep showing up and eventually it's going to get better. Yeah. That's how I approach things. That's how I approach life. You just show up, just keep showing up. Something will click eventually. Yeah. You just can't hide in a corner and say, okay, my life is miserable. When someone has a birthday, you go out there and it's not about me. It's about others. Yeah. So you celebrate them. You see your friends, they come over, you go see them, say hi to them and appreciate that they came to see you. I was going through the motions. Normally I would be really, really, really joyful and happy, but with this, the joy was kind of shallow. While I'm getting ready to go out, I don't really feel like it. I really don't want to take a shower. I didn't want to get out of it. Yeah. But I would do it. I would have fun while I'm there. I would enjoy myself. And then I come home and then the process repeats again. Did you realize at that time that that might be depression? No, no, I didn't. I would even get up to exercise. I would still run. I wasn't doing the long runs that I used to do, but I would still exercise because it's good for you. I just knew that I needed to do something. If I didn't feel right, well, I needed to do something to help myself. Yeah. Okay, you need to eat. When you're feeling sick, you don't feel like eating, but you got to eat because it's part of getting better. It's part of healing. Yeah. You need to be with people. You need to work. And I need to work. Who doesn't need to work? Yeah. I need that. I need to work. I needed to eat. I needed to see people. You're a part of the communities. I still needed to be a part of the community. Yeah. I was going through the motion. Do you get up every morning with a heavy load, having the same thoughts? And if you do, what thoughts were consistently on top of your mind? I didn't have anything in particular, but I would open my eyes and be an autopilot. Mm-hmm. Before, I am one where I would get up at four and I had a plan. I would get up at four in the morning and I already have things lined up. I have a checklist. Yeah. I need to do this. I need to do that. And I had the energy to do it. Yeah. This time I didn't have the energy. I didn't have the energy, physical energy to do it. I just chalked it up to, I have a medical condition. Yeah. Did it feel like you were surrendering to the medical condition? That's why you felt less motivated to get up and feeling weighed down? I started to feel that when I would think that, then the more I would strive to keep myself busy. Okay. In the past, it wasn't an issue. I keep busy without effort. Yeah. I was busy. I would be busy up until 10 at night where I would just drop and sleep. Busy where I was always cooking, I was doing activities, but it became a cycle where, okay, I'm tired, I can't do as much, and then I feel guilty for not being able to do as much. Then I feel bad and I hate myself for not being able to do as much. Yeah. And then the next day, I still don't have the energy. And so it just piles on on top of the others. You know, it's like a chicken or the egg thing. Mm. I don't know where that cycle started, but 
it just piled up, piled up, piled up until beginning of this year. That's when I said, oh my God, I don't have anything anymore to give. I just felt, it's not even drained. I just felt numb. <laughs> if I was worried before, if I was worried, if I was scared, if I was sad, I felt all those things. But this time I get to a point where I didn't have any feeling. I wasn't feeling anything. Wow. I was listening to a recording, to an audible, and I can't remember who it was. They were differentiating being sad and being depressed. The author mentioned, I can't remember the book, and I, I don't know who the author is, but he mentioned sad is when you actually feel it. You feel that emotion, you feel sad. But depression, you're disconnected from your feelings. You don't even feel sad. Mm -hmm. And that actually solidified that diagnosis that the doctor told me that I was suffering through depression. So I had to seek therapy. It came to a head, I want to say it's the beginning of this year. It wasn't even. I think it was. And I had the suspicion that you were. I could sense it. And I feel bad that I was so engrossed with my own issues. I was so wrapped up in my own issues that there were days when I don't, I'm not able to check in on you, whether you're okay, how are you feeling today? But I kind of suspected that although your issues were mostly physical health, I could see that it was taking a toll on your mental health as well. Don't get yourself, because Chris, if you have asked me then how I was, even if you sat me down, you hold my hand, you look at me and you tell me, tell me, how are you really doing? I would have told you I'm doing great because I was in denial. For me to be able to tell you I'm not doing okay, I need to accept that first. Yeah. And I wasn't in the acceptance part yet. Yeah. I got to that point when I really did not have the energy. I did not have the energy to do anything. I don't think I even had the energy to eat just because eating to me is tiring. Like I would just feel so tired to chew. Yeah, I went through a phase like that. I finally went to the doctor. At least I still had enough presence of mind to know this is not right. I was still exercising, by the way, and that's another thing. I hate exercising. Yeah. I hate running. What I love is the feeling that I get after. That's why I do it. Mm, yes, yeah. That's how I knew something was seriously not okay because I would still go through the motion because I know exercising is good for me. Yes. It's good for your mental health. It is. In the past, even if in the beginning I didn't feel like it, I'd have all the energy towards the end. And by the time I finished exercising, I could conquer the world. Yeah. It got worse and worse that even after I exercised, right after I stopped exercising, I didn't have that burst of energy that I normally did. Wow. That's how I knew something was wrong. Yeah. Because that should have made me feel better. I knew it was mental. I needed a therapist. Mm -hmm. So I started looking for therapists. Can you imagine? I called so many who was covered under my insurance and all of them had a waiting list of at least three months. Wow. Here you are, needing help. I need this right now. I know something's wrong. And you have to wait. Yeah. 
I almost feel bad or guilty that I wasn't there for you from the beginning. But at the same time, I'm glad that we were in constant communication in the last three years, that my own challenges and how I dealt with my own challenges, the therapy that I've gone through, were able to provide you insights as well into what you were going through. And I know you've mentioned this since the first episode. I do want to let you know that the human connection really helped a lot. Us having that communication, just you checking in or me checking in on you, how are you doing when you were dealing with your own mental issue was actually a lifeline for me. That was a good connection. The human connection, I guess, no matter what you're dealing with, even though I wasn't in acceptance of my own mental health issue, having that connection with someone was very important. I'm glad to hear that. Am I Okay is intended for mature audiences as it discusses topics that can be emotional and upsetting. Stories, experiences, recollections, opinions or insights shared by us are our own and does not reflect or represent the views and opinions of medical practitioners or other experts in mental health. The podcast or any linked materials should not be construed as medical advice, nor is the information a substitute for professional expertise or treatments. If you're struggling with mental health, we encourage you to seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider. Please do not disregard professional medical advice or delay seeking it because of something you have heard from this podcast. If you or someone you care for is in need of immediate assistance, please find treatment locators and helplines in your country of residence, such as 988 Suicide and Crisis Lifeline in the United States and Lifeline or Beyond Blue in Australia. Thank you so much for listening. If you would like to get in touch with us, you can reach us through our socials and follow us. You'll find our handle in the episode description. Or if there's anything you'd like us to talk more about, you can email us through email at gmail.com. If you have friends or family who you think would be interested in what we share, please tell them about us. They can find our podcast in any directory they get their podcast from. And please go on and rate us. It will let people know about us and find us. Once again, thanks for listening. Cheers. Thank you.